Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I am intentionally encouraged when I see people doing business the right way. And for the last 15 years, Damon Burton and his team at SEO National have done just that. Now you might say, Brian, what can they do for me and my business? I'm going to tell you what they can do for you. They can help you understand search engine optimization. There are a lot of players out there in the marketplace, but you want a team of people that are going to be dedicated to working with you and helping you to understand search engine optimization and how you can show up higher on search engines so that you can bring more revenue into your business. Damon and his team are full of integrity, honesty, decency, and trust. And if that's important to you and that encourages you, I would encourage you to give them a call today at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get a free quote and tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Get ready for a dynamite conversation coming up right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. You know what? The hips, the hits, not the hips, the hits just keep on coming. You know, if I could learn to listen, I am shocked and amazed that I've gotten through nearly 250 podcasts, you know, but again, the hits just keep on coming. You just work with what you got, folks. You work with what you got. And we've got a dynamite guest on today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. She's a podcaster, a speaker, and a life coach for Christian women. Now, guys like us, we are not included. It's like buying a toy. Battery's not included. So, guys, you can still get some great intentional encouragement from this conversation, though. Dynamite lady, it's an honor to welcome Trisha Zodi to the Intentional Encourage Podcast. Hey, Trisha, how are you? Hey, Brian, thank you so much. I'm doing so great today, and it's a privilege to be here with you and your listeners on the Intentional Encourager. Thank you for having me. Well, it's our pleasure. If I, if I hadn't have botched the intro, you know, and we and we don't go back and edit this. It's just a part of, you know. Listen, your intro was not the first that I botched, and it certainly won't be the last. So it's all good. Let, let's start here in our conversation today. I'm curious to hear how the last couple of years have been for you. And I, I've started just about every podcast with this. Now that we are truly getting on the other side of COVID, thank the mm -hmm. Lord, we're on the mm -hmm. other side of COVID. Take me through the last couple of years in your life, personally, professionally. How have you, what changed for you and in, in specifically what lesson did you take out of the last couple of years that you'll carry with you through the next several years? Such a great question, Brian. I, um, I have to tell you that I'm only four and a half years out from the death of my husband. So that was 2017. And then of course, COVID in 2020, it just doesn't seem like there was enough time in between for, for anything to get to seem normal in my life. So when COVID hit, it just, it just seemed like, oh yeah, this is, this is what we do. We upheaval our life. Right. And uh, so um, I would say not just since COVID, I would just say since his death in 2017, I have just kind of been in that exploration mode of what is next, 
Where mm-hmm. am I supposed to be? Yeah. What is what it's all new. It's all new normal for me back there in, in 2017. When, so when everybody was talking about what do we do now? And, and it was interesting because I had uh, an occasion to talk to a lot of young people who were feeling um, very at the onset of the quarantine and that sort of thing, um, feeling very uh desperate and despondent and depressed and because they were isolated and their world had changed and heard so many stories of of people feeling so depressed and I'm like oh now you know how I've been feeling the last several I'm years I'm glad you brought that up forgive me for interrupting I'm glad you sure. brought that up the only thing that I can relate to I still have my spouse, but I lost my dad suddenly. And this, this audience knows I've told that story and I've told it on other podcasts. And I can remember talking to my mom. My mom and dad were married for 41 years when my dad died suddenly. I can remember talking to my mom and my mom basically saying to me, you know, son, you don't know how this feels. I'm the oldest of three. And I didn't. I got to go to sleep next to my wife. She didn't have my dad, her husband, to go to sleep next to. And I and and that's been almost 10 years ago. And I, I had to process at that time, like, okay, this is the new normal without my dad being here. You know, I wanted to pick up the phone and call him about something my son had done. I couldn't. This was the new normal. And and I love what you said there, Tricia, because Everybody thinks, and, and, I, and I'll say it this way, I think for our kids, and my son's 21 now, they're going to look back when they're in their 40s at COVID like we looked back at 9-11, those of, I, and I'll be 50 in August. To me, 9-11 was that seminal moment. They're going to look back at COVID and see all the ways their world changed because of COVID, just like we see all the ways our world changed after 9-11, because to them, they grew up with all of that. And so when you were talking to young people, how did you describe what a new normal looks like? Because as you mentioned, and we'll get deeper into that story around your mm-hmm. husband's passing, but you've had to live a new normal in quotation marks for several years. How did you how did you adequately describe to young people what a new normal looked like? You know, Brian, I have to be real honest when I first heard them say that, because here's, here's what I believe. And this is what you experienced when you were talking about your mother's um, feelings about losing her spouse is you don't know until you know, like you, there is no way you can understand Boy, the gravity so and the weight of it. Yeah. It's so good. simple. <laughs> But you just don't know until you know. So there's what I've learned is that I have to give a lot of grace to people because they say things, um, and sometimes they're it's, they're trying to be intentionally encouraging, um, but it comes across very condescending or callous or just uncaring, you know. Um, so you learn how to you you have to learn to throw grace on it. And I think that's one of what the things that I was trying to explain to these younger people was that, you know, there are going to be so many things that you're going to experience in your life that other people are not going to experience that they've just, or they're going to have the same experience, but they're, they're going to come out on the other side with a different perception. Yeah. 
and a different, and therefore a different thought about it and a different feeling about it. And everything's going to be different. So, um, just trying to, um, you know, let them know, Hey, honestly, and I'm much older than they were is like, this is just the beginning and you live long enough on this earth. We know that tragedy happens, right? And things change. That's one of the five givens of life. Nothing ever stays the same. Everything changes. So it's, you know, if you can gently let people know that if you can move with the just life and you can become resilient, um, and that just means that you can bounce back up when you've been knocked down, um, then, then you can move forward with grace for yourself and grace for others. Um, because it really, there's not another answer other than bucket up buttercup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what my dad um, used to say to me is like, suck it yeah. up, man. Suck, uh, suck it, it up. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Prices are going up by the day. We've got to find ways to increase our household revenue. Now, a couple ways you could do that is, one, you could go and ask your boss for a raise, but if that doesn't work, I've got another way for you. It's my friend Joe Hart's program called Products for Profit. Joe's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourage podcast and told his story about how learning retail arbitrage changed his life, and he's been helping thousands of people change theirs. Now, retail arbitrage is simply this. It's taking a product and buying it and then reselling it online for a higher price, and you keep the profits. And guess what? Amazon and Walmart use third-party resellers every day to fulfill their customer orders. I want you to go to productsforprofit.com or productsforprofit.carrd.co. Get connected to Joe's team. Tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast and start making money today with Products for Profit. And now let's get back to more great conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Um, it's not, that's not very kind. Um, well, no, so. but, but you, but you really bring up a, you bring up a good point, Trisha. And, and, and that is the fact of if life were intended, if God intended for life to be sunshine and roses, rainbows and unicorns, then what would we learn from life, you know, through the good and the bad. And here's the thing I would say, if, if the Lord intended for us to have rainbows and unicorn and sunshine and roses, he would have had to apologize to everybody else in the Bible who had to go through a ton of junk in their own lives to get where they, they are. And, you know, it's funny trying to, you know, parenting a 21 year old is different than parenting that same kid when he's 15. Mm hmm. Because as I've told him, life comes at him faster. And it's the same thing for us, right? I mean, our parents, you know, as much as they love us, can't shield and couldn't shield us from losing a spouse, mm -hmm. having a sick mm -hmm. kid, all the things in life that they've already gone through previously. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you this. And, and, and. Part of me wants to save it for the conversation, but I think it fits here. So let's go here for a second. Okay. If your parents were, if your parents were around when your husband passed, and I don't know if they were or not, did you get any advice from your parents on how to deal with what you were having to deal with in life and how were your parents in that, 
that season because as a parent, and I see pictures on the wall behind you, if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> there's there's kids' pictures on the wall. And so sometimes as a parent, our kids expect us to have the answers and we're like, I got nothing. How were your parents in that season for you? Well, <laughs> you're going to love this story. Uh, both of my parents passed away two years before he did oh, four I'm months so apart. Sorry. Yeah. So it was, it, it, so I would love to have had their, um, words of wisdom, but in 2015, my dad passed away from, uh, prostate cancer. Four months later, my mother was diagnosed with a, um, inoperable glioblastoma brain tumor. Um, and then, uh, and, and passed away very suddenly. And then my mother-in-law four months later passed away from cancer, uh, lung cancer. Um, so this was all two years before my husband's passing. So I, and my father-in-law had already passed four years earlier than that. So I didn't really have anyone to come alongside me in that parental role. Um, other than some mentors that were a little bit older than, than I was, um, and, you know, so I, I don't have their wisdom uh, to be able to have even been able to apply at that time. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it's so funny, Tricia, because life had already kind of dealt you these, these defining moments. Mm. Um, I can remember when my wife lost her dad now 18 years ago. Mm. I had no clue because both my parents were still around. You know, I go to the funeral. I, I, you know, they want me to sing it at my father-in-law's funeral. And my dad pulls me aside. And basically, like I told you, he's like, suck it up. You know, they've asked you to do something. You got to go do it. And, you know, again, I hadn't walked through that valley myself. So I had no clue. And I was, I was young and dumb. I was 32 years old. I mean, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And then walking through it eight years later. In my 40s, I'm like, yeah, I'm a little older, a little wiser. Mm -hmm. What do you think, how do you think you would have handled things had you been younger in life? Had you not had the blessing of some maturity and some wisdom? And, and again, we'll get into more around that. But, but how do you think you would have handled what you had to go through losing your parents and then losing your mother-in-law first? How would you have handled that? Do you think if you were younger? Um, you know, uh, it's that's a difficult question for me because I really feel like um, the Lord's timing is always perfect, um, even in death. And um, and so for me, I felt like He prepared me for that moment, for that time. Like I had uh, a relationship with Him that was very vibrant and intimate. And it was, it was as if he were drawing me in to his bosom constantly, um, with a very, very personal relationship with him. Um, almost like he was preparing me for the aloneness, yeah. if that makes any sense. So I don't know. Um, I, I do understand this there, you know, I lost both of my parents and my mother-in-law in that year. But there is nothing like, the, and there's grief that goes with it, no doubt. But there is nothing like losing a spouse, right? Or a child. 
right yeah. in your home there is there's just the grief is different it's just so different so um you know but i can still look back and especially with my husband's death i can still look back and see how the lord prepared me for that time uh, in a lot of ways uh, financially just that just that intimacy with him being able to know that i was going to be okay falling into his loving careful hands um, I, I just knew I was going to be okay. And it was all based on what we, what he had prepared, not, not what I had done in our relationship, how he called me and drew me in to a relationship with him, um, that allowed me to be able to be resilient on the other side of his death. Well, and I saw something, I saw something today as we record this and, and people talk about the milestone of COVID bringing it back to the initial conversation, I guess there, there was, you know, we, since COVID there's been 1 million deaths across the United States. And, and people were like the headline I saw in the, in the, on the front page of the USA today was a tragic milestone. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, but you're, tri you're, you're generalizing what people walk through specifically. Mm. You're walking through something. You you could put every name in your newspaper and you could fill all the pages of your newspaper for today with every name of, of a COVID death. But you have no idea how every family processed it and mm -hmm. have no idea how everybody walked through it because everybody walks through it differently. Did you going through that situation... Did it help you coach people differently? Has it helped you mentor people differently? What's different about you today in 2022 that that if I would step back to 2016, Tricia, what's different about you other than having walked through that? What's different about you today than six years ago? Wow, it's such a great question. And how long do we have? Um, no, just oh, we got time. <laughs> we, we got time. We, we, no, and, and here's the thing, Tricia. And, and, and again, I, I want you to, to, to answer that question, but I think if we were all honest with ourselves, it, you know, the things that we've walked through in life, you would say, okay, you know, everything that we walk through in life, it's like, okay, it leaves us different than when it found us. And I think I could walk back, and again, I it's apples and oranges, but it's the closest thing I've got to losing my dad. I would say I am probably way more reflective now than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. I am probably way more aware of things than I've ever been when, after I lost. I'm way more in touch with my emotions. I cry a lot easier when I think about my dad. But how much different are you now than yeah. six years ago before your husband passed? Yeah. Um, in so many ways, in so many ways. And um, um, so one of the things that, that I have now, which a lot of people do once they've gone through a tragedy, is I have great compassion and mercy for people. And an empathy, great empathy, where before I might be quick to say, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that, but I didn't ever feel it. And now I feel, I literally feel it as if it's my own pain. 
So it's, and that's supernatural. I, I, because it was not my initial inclination. This is definitely something that has been created in me through this situation. Um, another thing is, is I have been always such an independent person. And though I confessed every day that, you know, Yahweh, Jehovah, you are my Lord and Savior. You are my God. You are sovereign over me. Jesus, you're my master, right? Tell me what to do today. How can I bring glory to you? Literally was my prayer every single day. But you don't, until, until something like losing your spouse and, and, and there's such a story there too, that, that led me into, I was in, I had such desperation for a need for him. Like I had never, I had never knew dependence like I knew then. And so it had, it really opened my eyes to, um, even where, what my earthly gods were, my idols were yeah. and where I was putting my, my trust in and which was our bank account. My yeah. husband owned his own business. And when he passed away, his business died with him. And I had had the privilege of staying home and raising our three children and doing women's ministry, volunteer work, all kinds of things. Um, that, you know, didn't put me in a nine to five job. So I had not been in corporate in over 25 years when, when, uh, when he passed away. So the, just the fact that I had a absolute fit when I, as, as I'm worried about our finances, you know, yeah. we've got this, how long is that going to last me? I, every single day I'm crunching numbers and looking at a spreadsheet, trying to figure out how, how long I can live. Right. Yeah. Um, Isn't it funny though? We we talk about and, and forgive me for interrupting, but you you hit on something really really important there. Isn't it funny how we need the Lord in those times when we are, for all intents and purposes, in control of our own destiny. Mm. And yet how we, how we say that we need the Lord when there is chaos surrounding us, mm -hmm. the word need is so vastly different in good times than it is in times of chaos. Right. And I love what you said there about, and it just struck me, just rang true, like, you know, you have a desperate need for the Lord, but it's almost ramped up when you don't know what tomorrow holds. Literally, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know how this need, how this, again, there's a word need. How are we going to make, you know, how am I going to make the house payment? Right. How am I going to make the car payment? How am I going to get some groceries? How are we going to do this and that? I kept the house running, but my husband brought every, you know, we, we, we brought everything into the storehouse and we distributed it accordingly. And now all of a sudden the storehouse is empty. Mm -hmm.
Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. I want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more or call him directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourage Podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourage Podcast. How are we going to dish? And I tell people all the time with encouragement, Tricia, you can't pour into someone from an empty bucket. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing in life. It's like, okay, how are we just going to survive today? It's amazing how the word need changes when the need changes, if I can right. say that. And that's right. what struck me about what you just said. What was the thing that kept you pulling it all together other than the Lord? Because everybody would say, well, Jesus brought me through it. I just, Jesus brought, and that's wonderful. And that's what one of my West Virginia's coming out, and that's that's wonderful. But there are times when the Lord says, "I've given you stuff within you already. Mm. That mm. I've already given you what you need mm. to get through this." And sometimes we as parents, and forgive me for going long-winded there, yeah. but 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 parents a lot of times will say, listen, you just got to do it. I can't do it for you. I've equipped you with everything you need. You just got to put one foot in front of the other. How mm-hmm. did you do it? How mm-hmm. did you, how did you, knowing that you needed the Lord, did you find that God was equipping you every day to do what you needed to do and you already had that inside you? You know, first, I, I kind of want to go back to. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I think I, I, no, I was just going to say, I, I think self awareness is really important. And one of the things I was going, going to say about um, really relying on my bank book, right? Our checking account, our whatever, our financial situation is that you know when something is an idol in your life by your reaction when it is threatened or taken away from you. Yeah. So at that point in my life, is when it was the biggest aha moment that I, the, the reaction that I had to hit, obviously to his death, but to the very fact that now my, our, the breadwinner is gone. My income is, is gone. The reaction that I had to that was so grand <laughs> that it could not be ignored. And with that awareness, I was like, oh, wow. I didn't realize that you know, the, our financial position or our, our money, that was, that was my idol. So I think that was the first step, Brian, to, um, being able to allow the Lord to help me is being aware of my need. And it wasn't just like, oh, oh, I'm needy. Like I need to know why I'm needy. Why am I so needy? Well, because I'm putting my faith and trust in something here on earth. Yeah. And the Lord says, don't, you know, he says, set your eyes on things above, not on things that are, are here and temporal. 
um, that's an abomination to him, right? When we seek the things of the, of the world. And um, at the time I was also, what had led up to this, which another one of those things of his preparedness for me, he gave me a scripture. I was reading through Isaiah um, 63 in the mornings. And I was just saying them out, saying it out loud. It's just a, you know, it's part of my uh, morning quiet time. And uh, one of the things that I would, I would read through it and, or I'd start speaking through it. And then I would hit verse three and he stopped me one day and was like, Trisha, do you even know what you're saying? Yeah. And uh, not Isaiah. Did I say Isaiah? I'm sorry. Psalm 63, three. So Psalm 63, three says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. And literally, so I'm saying this and, and he, and he's like, you know, time out, time out, girl. Do you know what you're saying? Yeah. Your steadfast love is better than life. Well, Trisha, how do you define life? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, I really like, uh, our granite countertops and, uh, this tile floor. And I like the vacations that we go on and I like the suburban that I'm driving. And, um, that's, that's pretty good life. I like that life. And he's like, Okay, anything that you can de define as life, anything that you desire or chase after or try to produce um, or even consume, my love is better than any of that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Tricia, and I, and I love what you said there because a lot of times what happens is we suffer from repost, the relentless pursuit of stuff. And I'm not saying having a nice home is bad. Having a nice vehicle is bad. I don't think the Lord says that either. But when the stuff and the relentless pursuit of it, now it's like, oh, man, I'm mm. really tired today, Lord. Oh, well, why are you tired, my son, my daughter? Well, because I worked 16 hours trying to put you know, trying to, to fluff up the bank account. And we, we got a, we got a kid, we got to send to school now, you know, again, my wish, you know, all these things of life that are like, well, who's going to pay the house payment today? Who's going to pay the car payment today? Who's going to, and the Lord, you know, you, you learn in that season. It's like, okay, when the Bible says life is but a vapor, it's here today and gone tomorrow. That's, that's literally it. And if you're not here, it doesn't matter. I mean, literally, if you're not here, the banks, you know, I, I told me one time, I said, is the bank going to come after a dead guy? Right. Exactly. You know, is, you know, are they going to repossess a car? It's like, you knock on the door, there's nobody there. What are you going to do? You know, right. but, but your life is just, it's amazing how much we'll spend when, when we have a situation that requires us to take care of something. You know, I have to have a quadruple bypass surgery okay that surgery is a hundred thousand dollars well all right we got insurance for that but it's amazing to me how little we spend in in maintaining mm -hmm. our life maintaining mm -hmm. you know because it's like oh okay do i do i want to spend you know money on a doctor visit or a, a cool pair of shoes Oh mm -hmm. yeah, the shoes are going to look great. Yeah, the shoes are going to look great when you're laying in the coffin. You know, <laughs> they're going to look fan. They're yeah. going to look fantastic. You know, when you're right. when you're. And and again, I love what you said there about how the Lord reminds us. If you're not a Christian, okay, it's okay because mm -hmm. life can remind you of those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you took a step back and you had that V8 moment, what changed in you? 
from that because I, I can tell, I can sense that that was kind of a, a defining moment in the journey along the way too. that. Um, and I got to get a sense and forgive me if I'm assuming I got to get a sense that it's kind of like there's more to, to be done here than just what I've been doing. Oh, yes. Yes. In fact, first Peter four, two says, so as to live this life in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. And so even the things that I was doing in my life, and I was doing some, you know, I was already doing ministry, but it was like now, whatever I do now in this, as long as I'm here in this flesh on this earth, I will do it for the will and the glory of God. And so uh, even, even that changed every, everything shifted, um, about, uh, just my existence where, you know, how I'm going to trust the Lord for the next thing, uh, for the financial provisions, literally Brian, if something breaks in my house now, I, I, I look up to the heavens and I say, husband, your dishwasher is broken. And meaning heavenly father is my husband. Now that's what the scripture says. He comes in as my husband. And so I tell him, you know, your, your dishwasher is broken. We, we either need it to supernaturally get fixed by itself, or you're going to have to send the finances for me to have a, but, but that's what he does. And I've seen him do it over again, over and again, the provisions that came in and it was just a, a relentless every, every single day surrender to him. If I've got nothing. I've got absolutely nothing. And if you don't show up, I'm, it's over for me. And the amazing thing was, is he showed up every single day in financial provisions and otherwise, I mean, it's just been the, the things that have happened for me and that I can only attribute to him because only he could have done them. I could, if I, if I had time, I would tell you all the stories. There are so many of them of how he showed up and showed me that he was God and that I was not. And that if I followed him, that my life would be so much better and easier. And I, I don't even mean easier. Like, I mean, it's, it's not easy, right? Life is not always easy, but it's, I can, I'm more resilient and I can take care of things and I can move th through things better with him because I'm following behind him as opposed to, you know, trying to drag him, but you know, the Holy spirit behind me, come on, bless this. I want to do this. Bless this. You know? <laughs> Dragging the Holy spirit by, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. And, and, and that's funny that you mentioned that because I think that's the way that a lot of people view life is like, okay, Lord, come on this ride with me, but let me be in control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really got a, a sense from um, uh, reading a couple of books, um, uh, and some missionaries, um, Hudson Taylor, who was the first, one of the first missionaries into China. And literally he spent his life pouring himself out, not just in service, but also financially, just so that, because he totally believed that God was going to make provisions for him. He literally would hand over his last dollar and then, and then look up to the heavens and say, Lord, I need lunch. And lunch would be provided. And that is next level faith, Brian. And that's what I didn't have at the time. I was so still dependent upon me and what this world provided, right? And even provided through my husband and provided for him, even though he had his own business and we dedicated that business to the Lord. And we said, God, you are the CEO of this business. Give us the deals that we need to close. Whatever we'll, we'll take whatever you give us. We don't need whatever you don't have. You know, even though we did that, there's still an element of, 
just, we were trusting in the things of the world. And, uh, when, when, when I read about Hudson Taylor, I was just like, man, that is next level faith. And I've never had that. I want to be so desperate for him to show up with it so that I have this anticipation, this desperate anticipation of watching him do it. And the crazy thing is, Brian, is he does every single time he does without a shadow of a doubt. And I think that's where we get stuck is like you were saying, like, how did, how did you, you know, how did he pull you along or how did you, how did he help you get over? And I think it's like, that is like, he was there. He's been there all along. He's been in there the whole time. It was me that needed to understand that this world is not about me. It's not revolving around me. It's all about him. And if I could just, just pour myself into him and surrender myself to him, I will find the goodness of the Lord that was right there at my fingertips the entire time. It was me that was hindering me and my glory. Every time I was saying, still praying, Lord God, show me your glory, put your glory on me and through me. And yet I was hindering what that actually could happen and how that could happen, how that could manifest and how he could manifest on me. But the minute I decided to surrender and, and realize that he was everything. And then my life was totally dependent upon him. It's just, it's never been the same. And I'm, I'm so grateful. Even at the cost of my husband's death, I am so grateful, so grateful. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.